Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Boyery, and as always, I'm with the never crude Dr. Lucy Jones. In each episode, we thank our supporters who help underwrite this podcast and support the work of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Please consider sponsoring this podcast for as little as $5 per month. It's really simple. Just go to patreon.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Now let's get to it. The news in Southern California for the last weeks has been dominated by an oil spill off the Orange County and San Diego County coasts. As of this recording, here's what we know. About 126,000 gallons of oil or about 3,000 barrels of oil had been released into the ocean and cleanup has been underway for more than a week trying to protect natural wildlife habitats, waterfowl, and people who use the beach. And the beaches have been closed. For reference, in 1978, off the coast of Santa Barbara, 80 to 100,000 barrels spilled. In 2010, more recently, the Deepwater Horizon leak, 134 million barrels. And you might think, well, that was extreme. Even if you look back at that terrible Exxon Valdez disaster, that was 11 million barrels of oil. So with all these figures, Lucy, how common is it to have an oil spill of significance? The number of big oil spills is going down with time. Unfortunately, the amount released in the biggest spills has also gone up. You average over all of this, we have about two and a half million gallons per year spilled into U.S. waters. Again, to give it context, about 250 billion gallons of oil are used in the United States each year. So it's only about 0.001% of oil produced that gets spilled. Looking back historically at all these spills, the estimate's about $500 per gallon is the cost of cleaning up an oil spill. And this includes the damage to the natural resources and the cost of cleanup and loss of business. When you compare that to the total number of gallons pumped each year, you end up saying we're only adding a cent or two to the cost of a gallon of gas to include the cost of cleaning up from spills. These details, they're probably wrong, but this gives you the right idea of the scale at which oil spills are affecting our lives and are responsible from our oil production. But when we talk about the real cost of oil, it's more than just accounting for this something that we don't think about happening spills, even though we know that they do. What else goes into this? Well, I think that's right. When you look at the indirect costs of burning gasoline, oil spills are a relatively minor part of it. The cost of air pollution and the pollutants that end up in our air near roads is really significant. The cost of asthma in the United States is estimated at $80 billion per year. And they estimate that 13% of asthma cases can be attributed to air pollution. And of course, air pollution makes existing asthma worse. So we're looking at something like 16 to $20 billion per year in costs from asthma because we're burning gasoline in our cars. That works out at about 8 cents, maybe even 10 cents per gallon added to the cost of gasoline if we actually had to pay for that. Beyond asthma, there's also COPD, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. The total cost for that around the United States is about two-thirds that of asthma. Some part, probably similar to asthma, is caused by pollution. So now you're adding another five cents to the cost per gallon 
to cover the costs of health problems created by it. There's also a new study that suggests that Alzheimer's might be more likely to occur if you've been exposed to air pollution, but really don't have an estimate of the increased likelihood, so it's hard to get a cost out of it. We just know that air pollution does a lot to us that we tolerate without really thinking about. And those are just the direct health impacts, the costs, if you will. But there's more than that. You know, we go back to the oil spill, right? That's not just a health impact and our sort of quality of life impact. There's some real direct damages there. What about other disasters? We know that climate change is bringing about an increase in atmospheric disasters. You can't attribute that all just to oil. There's all the other fossil fuels that we're burning, as well as, of course, the various things like construction and that can add CO2 to the atmosphere. Once you start looking at the climate change costs, they're really a lot larger than the ones we've been talking about so far. So let's look at where we are right now. Floods have cost the United States about $17 billion per year in the last decade. Hurricanes are costing about $54 billion a year. Tornadoes are smaller by comparison. We're only talking about $2 billion per year. Now, this has already increased some because of climate change. Like we were talking about last week, we're looking at continuing increases in the rate. If we tripled all of those numbers, now you're starting to talk about adding $100, $200 billion per year that are indirect costs of burning those fossil fuels. Go out a little farther and we're going to get even bigger costs. Once we start thinking about the value of land to be lost to sea level rise, you get into big numbers. The total value of real estate in Miami is estimated to be just under $1 trillion. Miami averages six feet above sea level, and the highest point in the county is about 24 feet above sea level. It's not going to take a lot of sea level rise for all of Miami to be gone. And who's going to cover the cost of that $1 trillion in real estate? And that's just Miami. Plenty of other places are going underwater as sea level rises. Considering these sobering facts and statistics, one could be overwhelmed. I mean, I sort of feel that way sometimes. What's the bottom line here? Is there a way to determine the true cost of oil production and use? I think the fundamental issue is to realize this flaw, if you will, in how we run economic markets. What do you do about costs that the producer of a product can avoid? It's not just oil and the indirect costs of pollution or climate change. Think about packaging and trash. A manufacturer decides to wrap up his product in plastic because he thinks that's going to sell better with the consumers. The cost of disposing of that plastic, the cost to a community for running landfills, the environmental costs of plastics getting into our oceans, those are caused by that decision to use that packaging, but the producer is not facing the costs. That's just one great example. It's clear that oil use is a risk that we've come to accept, though, in our modern world. We like the conveniences of this packaging. We like to get around our cars, those of us who are driving gas-powered cars. It may be time to reevaluate how we can, as individuals and as a society, make the changes necessary to make sure the risk is mitigated more effectively than it has been. So we don't keep having oil spills because even fewer is still too many. It's not just about preventing the next oil spill either. There's more right. to it. It's going to be hard to address the climate crisis. Nobody said it's easy and it's going to be expensive. But when we think about those costs, 
it is absolutely critical that we need to be sure we're looking at all the costs that we will incur if we don't address the climate crisis. And then we're going to discover that trying to solve it is worth the money. Let's leave it there for now. Until next time, I'm John Bwery with Dr. Lucy Jones and you getting through it. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a supporter at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. All you do is search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee, and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones. <laughs>